Hi guys, welcome to Lash Society. I'm Diana and I'm Shania, and today we're going to be talking about trademarking and branding. Um, you, you've got a good story. Let's go into why. The reason I want to talk about this is because recently I've been going through a little bit of a change in my business. I've been sharing my rebranding story with my audience, and it's also brought up a lot of questions from a lot of people, like how do you know when to rebrand? How like how do you even start doing this? So I want to touch on it in our podcast episode just to give people a little bit of, of a behind the scenes of the way that we kind of go about things like this mm. and touching on trademarking because I don't know if you guys know, but this one over here is a lawyer yeah. and she's really experienced with this type of stuff. Um, and I thought that you'd be a great person to touch on these things with because it's not spoken about as much. I mean, we all know how to build a business and get clients and stuff mm. like that but the back-end legal aspect of let's say taxes or trademarking yeah. and business names it's kind of left out of a lot of things because people don't know how to talk about it because they're not qualified to um so do you want to go into trademarking yeah so we'll discuss trademarking first because i think that anytime that you start a business it's super important to make sure that you're doing a little ip search <laughs> yes i see a lot of people think when you register a business name with asic uh, we're going to focus on australian regulations and business procedures because i'm not well versed in international yeah so i'm not going to talk about it but in australia i think a lot of people think that once they register a business name with asic that they're covered under the trademarking aspect of it so if you look up a name on asic you can register similar names with slight variation whereas when it comes to trademarking you are potentially infringing on someone's trademark if you have a word in the same category as someone else. Okay, so let's start from the start. I'm going to ask you some questions sure. about this, like common questions that people yeah, might yeah. have. So what's the difference between registering an ABN? Is there a difference between registering an ABN with just like the government and then registering the name with ASIC? That's two different things. It's two different things, so yeah. So once you register an ABN, then you have to be trading as mm. and you'll be trading as your business name. So depending on your business structure, whether you're a sole trader or you are a company, you can have multiple business names under a company. So with my company, I have Lash Stylish Extensions, International Lash Masters. I have um, my e-commerce brand, Perfect Pony. Um, and then before that, I was just a sole trader and I it was Glamour Beauty. So that's still – that's just for – Sole trader. So when you are switching over to more of a company structure, which everyone should speak to their accountant about mm, this type of thing, yes, we're not, get professional yeah. help. Um, but in this circumstance, so when you're registering more of a company, that's when you would be registering with ASIC or is it just any company you names? You register the business names with ASIC. Okay, right, yep. So you register a company under the Australian, I don't know the, gov- I don't know the name of it. It's yeah. not the same. So ASIC is where you register your business name. So most general businesses that don't plan on expanding to be a global dominating, like tradies, things like that, will register a business name. They won't usually trademark. Um, it depends on what your purpose and what your goals are with your business. Yep. Okay. So then as a new lash artist or someone like me who was rebranding, mm-hmm. what would you say the process is from start to finish before you land on a name or you start manufacturing products or designing in that name? First and foremost, you need to check IP search. You need to check if anyone else, you can't just check Instagram and put in the handle that you want and see if someone's using it or someone hasn't used it. You need to check with IP Australia, first and foremost. Um, and then if it is available, meaning no other, no other trademarks are coming up especially in your class so when you trademark you need to trademark in a particular class that relates to what your business does so if you're so a lash business obviously you can't trademark in like clothing 
unless you have a clothing division in your lash business where you have branded clothing. But then if somebody else comes in, if you don't trademark clothing and somebody else comes in with the same name, they're able to trademark clothing and, re- if and produce product if, if you don't register you don't, it. Um, my, my, I can't articulate some words when I'm speaking off the cuff, but <laughs> going through the trademarking process, there is a two-month window where you can uh, fight back What's the a smart opposed, word for that? Opposed, opposition opposed, period. That's it. Um, you can oppose someone obtaining a trademark in a particular area that you want or have or are already using. So unless someone does that, then someone else can pretty much trademark in that um, class. Okay, right. So first, check IP Australia, which yep. we will put a screenshot up yeah, if you're watching the and video. Also, if you do check IP Australia and someone with a similar name is there or a trademark is listed and you believe that varying, making a slight variation to that or adding a word to that will help, it most likely won't and you still can be infringing. So I would get a trade, a patent attorney or a lawyer to, to work on that for you because if you get to the opposition stage and someone sees that you've used their word in your uh, trademark, so like with my, I, I registered Lashed. I've registered Lashed in tr- uh, training, retail, um, beauty services and products. So that's like I think five or six classes I've registered in. I had to oppose other people and fight for that. But if someone else was to register Lashed and something or Lashed and this, I have right to say, no, you know, you don't. But it's also a lengthy process it opposing is. all of that. It's not, and same with trademarks. It's not just like, hey, you, don't just you get submit it. it today and you get it tomorrow. Yeah. It's a long process and it's quite costly as well. And they're individually assessed. Yeah. So they have yeah, to that's go into like thing. a log and they will be distributed to a certain person at IP Australia and they will check if the trademark, you know, is offensive or, you know, includes any like vulgar locations. language or locations. Yeah. Um, and then they will accept it and that will be on the register and it'll go through the process so once that's been accepted then it'll go through the two-month opposition stage and then it'll be registered i think it's about six to eight months the process yeah the whole process but once the day that you apply for that trademark will be the day that is noted so if anyone tries to apply for it after you've submitted that application even though it's not officially registered yet um it'll go from the day that you've put in your application okay right so Search up trademarks. Then after that, let's say it's all clear. Mm -hmm. What's next? You get your trademark certificate sent in an email and you have that trademark for that particular class. So whether it be products or you want a beauty salon, you're covered in beauty services for 10 years and then you just pay a renewal fee. Yeah. And then after that, you would then is. So let's say you search it up, it's available. Then you go and you would register your business name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're not mutually exclusive, but like that's the best yeah way to do it. <laughs> yeah, if you want to avoid someone else infringing on a trademark, if you expand, if you plan on growing your business to Australia wide or become a franchise or you know, hmm. um, you need to be covered. And also, if you do plan on selling products overseas, you need to be covered for trademark in those countries yeah. too, which you can do. Um, you can do that through the IP Australia website yourself or you can get a lawyer or a patent attorney to do that for you and you have to pay, pay the fee in every country. Yeah. Um, I think the best advice that you – I think we can both agree is to hire a professional if yeah. you are stuck because – Hire a professional. You can do it yourself. So I've done it for myself. I've done it for my friends. Yeah, but you're – Yeah, you know I know. But like <laughs> the more – there's a – you can actually do it yourself. So yeah. there is a video on the IP Australia website that tells you how to do it. 
Um, the cost is $250 per application per class. So if you want to apply for three or four classes in one go, that'll be $1,000. Yeah. Um, so you can do it yourself. But if you're unsure, get a patent attorney. Um, on top of that, if you do find that someone is opposing your trademark or stop, that's when you will need a, a patent attorney. You can't just submit your own defenses and letters. It needs to be structured properly, like on a legal letterhead. Mm. Um and yes go through that process and if you do it yourself you're most likely going to fail because obviously lawyers know how to fight argue back yeah and you know provide evidence as to why you should have that trademark as opposed to the other person which is what i had to go through and that's why i learned a lot more about this i think you learn more about the law and things like that when you actually go through the system being a client as well so with my situation there was a salon that had lashed and um, I was claiming prior use because this is before I became a lawyer and before I had all the knowledge in trademarking. I was already trading as lashed eyelash extensions and I was like, no, I don't. My business has been around longer. Mm. So I engaged with a patent attorney and she asked me to provide all this evidence and proof as to, to claim prior use and reputation to prove that my business had reached a certain level of um, notoriety yeah. to say. Yeah. Um, and awareness within the community so we had to submit posts by influencers with my business name in it like sponsored posts saying Mm. like the reach of that influencer had you know two million followers so that's you know that helped because it meant my audience of who was seeing my business was a lot larger yeah and that was a back and forth process when the reports were submitted because the ip person that was in charge of that case would like have to you'd have to wait till they saw it then they'd reply and then make a decision based on the other person. So all that costs money. So yeah. if you want to avoid all that, before you go, you're set on your business name, check the IP Australia search. Yeah. And it's like we said, it's a lengthy yeah. it's a lengthy and costly process yeah. from start to finish, which is why you need to make sure that you are 100% dead set on the name as well. Because sometimes it is in your best interest to just change your business yeah, name. Yeah, of course. Um, so that's, I mean, case to case, that's going to be mm. a decision for every business owner. Yeah. Just to summarise... A trademark trumps every trademark trumps business name registration, right? Yeah. And trademarking means that you have exclusive rights to use that business name in those specific classes. Yeah. Okay. But it doesn't have to be just business names. You can register slogans as well. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and colors. Yeah. Yeah. And like catchphrases and pictures, yeah. logos, like a particular logo. So with my Perfect Pony company, um, we I couldn't register the, the words Perfect Pony yeah. because it's a descriptive word. Um, so I had to register the logo, mm, yeah. whereas no one can use that logo. Okay. So there's variations of it. Yeah. Mm. So moving on to branding, I think that we've both been through a bit of a transport, some transformative yeah. experience in our mm-hmm. business where you start to feel like your colors or the brand message that you're presenting just doesn't align with who you are at that moment, right? Yeah. And I feel like that's a really normal experience for business owners, don't you, don't you agree? It happens with all businesses, even like your top-end brands, like, you know, your designer brands or whatever. All companies have a shift in what their branding will look like. Yeah. I think that most recently for me what's happened is when I started Melbourne Lash & Co, I didn't expect it to be, like, to grow as yeah. much as it had. I didn't expect so much success. So um, when I started it, I just took my Lash Tech name and I just made it a, pro- a product a product line. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I didn't think about like, I've done okay, the same thing and I kind of regret it, but it's yeah. like, to me it's done now. So your ones, I feel like your like lashed eyelashes, mm. it can, it, 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 it's like Australia wide. Whereas my one's more focused 
on a rate like a suburb yeah. like not a suburb but a city yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. so it kind of limits that's because you. you started off as services yeah well yeah. that's the thing right like i didn't think far enough and i always tell my students to think further mm. you know and i didn't even do that myself <laughs> actually i think it was fine for a little uh, like a moment for like i'd say like for a year it was good because most of my customers were in melbourne right and now that we've expanded so much around australia it's just not um what i'm what i need for a business and yeah. the other thing is that I, I will admit to this i kind of threw everything together at the start of my business like i didn't have policies and proje- procedures i didn't like i said like i didn't expect Everyone's to, to like actually that, be successful learning, it's a learning business so yeah. i think everyone goes through that it just it depends on how far you want to take your business and your mindset into what is that next stage do i want to go to that next stage what do i have to do to get to that yeah. next stage whereas some people don't want to take like it's everyone's different but yeah i think that's a normal thing to go through like when i first started doing lashes my business name was glamorous eyelash extensions and it was pink and it was really tizzy and i, I think i made the logo on some i don't even know what the program was back then i don't know word maybe <laughs> um and i think with canva and pro uh like photoshop and applications on your phone that can make editing quite accessible to the average person that isn't a graphic designer is also enabling people to actually go on that rebranding journey because it's not that massive expense behind it where you have to hire someone like you can obviously hire a professional where you can but it's a lot easier to do it yourself to start it off at least yeah things like that yeah absolutely so how did you know that you wanted to change up your branding a little bit Mm, it wasn't aligning with who I was and my target audience. Mm. I think that your branding, if you have an idea, obviously you have to like your branding. Um, I feel like choosing your branding colors and your business name, it all plays a role in the in the kind of clients or, you know, customers that you want to attract. Absolutely. And the vibe that you want to bring across from your business I, I ended up choosing black and white. No, it was I, when rose gold was in, I started mm. putting hints of rose gold, but I'm kind of over that thing now. Um, and I tried to do the little marble thing for a while, but it, they, they all date very mm. easily. So I chose yeah. black and white simply because I'm a very dry person, if you can't <laughs> tell. Um, also, my clients were quite affluent being in East Ivanhoe, so I don't think they're really pink. There's nothing wrong with pink. I love pink. I'm just saying like my, for you, my target, for you, my target yeah. demographic were middle-aged women, you know, mums with Range Rovers and like really like they wanted mm. to feel that bougie like luxe experience. So I just went for the black and white at the time and this was prior to all those neutral shades and, you know, yeah. the boucle colours coming into fashion. Whereas if I had to brand now, actually not now, about a year or two ago I would have done the boucle thing, which is I love it. Um, but yeah, I just stuck to black and white because I'm like it's just easy keep yeah. it clean and my creative process and brain isn't gonna think of anything much more fancy yeah. than that i think that unless you're a big business and you can afford to have a just des- like a graphic designer or a graphic design team yeah um sticking to colors and sticking to styles that come naturally to you is so important like with the blue that i have with melbourne lash and co at the moment it was so do you know what i got inspired from there was this set that meshki dropped a couple of years ago it was like this beautiful like cobalt blue suit mm-hmm. and i was like is that I the sparkly that one color. no it's not the it's not uh. the, i have a screenshot i'll actually I'll, I'll show you um and then i was like oh my god but you know what back then my business was so small that i could just be like oh yeah i like blue and then just like change yeah, you it you don't think about it how it's going to affect you long term and then out of nowhere i was like i i can't do anything more with this blue do you know what i mean so that's why i'm going to more neutrals because i feel like neutrals are 
like for me anyway, I can do so much with neutrals. Like mm. it, it, it's really easy for me to do that. And the beautiful thing about neutrals for me is I can photograph people and it goes with my branding. Yeah. Do you know what? I can't wait to incorporate that into my branding. So that's why I was really excited about doing it. I just, same as same as you, like I just kind of outgrew it. Yeah. It just stopped being, and I think that's so healthy as mm-hmm. a business owner. But all owner. businesses do it. Yeah. Like I'm just, I just, I can just think of Burberry at the moment. I don't know why, but they went from like their, that very low, logo centric era a couple of years yeah. ago where it was just Burberry, where now they've reverted back to using their that horse yeah, yeah, and yeah. the original font. So it happens. It depends on if they've got a different creative director in, yeah. the, the lines that they're going to be releasing. It, everyone changes. Yeah, and I think it's – I mean, you have to be adaptable to the market as well. Well, they've like YSL. They went to St. Laurent. Mm. St. Laurent, sorry. Yeah. Um, Every brand. So don't feel guilty if you want to change your brands. Uh, I think that if you want to see your brand to stand out as iconic, I suppose, and mm. wanting to differentiate yourself, I think thinking of, of brands – branding iconic branding is very valuable i think the brand messaging is way more important than thinking about um unique branding because i think that brand story yeah i'm i'm with the new rebrand i am working really hard on my brand message and my vision and stuff like that Mm. and that's what's guiding my process this time when i started melbourne last year i didn't have any of that i didn't think about a vision i didn't think about my mission i didn't i didn't think about what impact i was going to have on the community right so this time going forward with a vision of what i want to bring to the industry and i think that that really sets you apart it does. I think that that more than unique branding, because unique branding for me and you are two completely different things. Something that will catch my eye is completely different to what will catch your eye, right? So I think, but I, I would say that because we're very similar people who share similar values, if somebody had that brand messaging mm. that would be able to get us to, the attention of us to, even though aesthetically we find different things nice, yeah, that translates more effectively in branding than than like the aesthetics yeah. that's just me though no, like you're that, right. I'm, that speaks I, to me I'll, I'll be first to admit i'm struggling with my branding message for my products yeah like i've spoken to bridget about this a few times she's like you need a brand story you need a why you need it i'm like i struggle with that too but with international lash masters it's become natural it's yeah it's 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 come the, the brand story has come as the business grows so it's more a community-based networking like a really positive environment where you can gain support from other lasher it's like growing organically whereas i feel like i'm waiting for the the product side of it to come yeah like it's it's not coming it's just what i'm struggling because i i think my website's good my products are good all of that good it's just the 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 message behind it as to why someone would choose my brand over another another brand that's why that's literally what you're saying is why i decided to because i'm changing my whole name and everything like that and that was what i struggled with i struggled with finding out what sets it's like what sets me apart do you know what i mean like and i know we're talking a lot specifically about products but this is translatable into your own business a service-based business as well so i was like what what is gonna be different and i realized that I needed to take a look at my supply chain and I needed to take a look at the products that I was using because intentionally looking at it and being like, what can be better? What can I do differently? That's where you find the beauty of what makes you different, right? Mm -hmm. But when you have the same branding, it's really hard to have room to move because Mm. like you've already spent, so I mean, specifically with product lines, you've spent so much money in producing the boxes, producing this, producing that. So it's hard. And then when you rebrand, you have this mentality of, okay, I'm going to spend 
tens of thousands of dollars rebranding this anyway. I might as well do it intentionally. Yeah. And that's what I needed to kind of bring this brand to life. And I'm so excited. I'm like, I'm excited for you. I've seen seen bits and pieces. (laughs) Not all of it, but I've seen bits and pieces. It's really exciting. I'm I'm really excited to bring something a little bit different. Um, The other thing that I'm actually scared of is like, will my current customers align with it? Because that's another thing, right? When you rebrand, you're going to turn some people off and that's natural. It's like when you raise your prices, some people are going to stop coming to you and that's perfectly okay. But the other thing that I'm scared of is like, is it going to align with the people that, I am able to make happy now. I have a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. Has it crossed your mind? I'm, I'm not doubting your... No, like, no, no. Has it crossed your mind whether people will also question the quality of your products? No. At all? No. Nah, no. I don't think so because, oh, yeah, I can see why you would ask that, yeah. to be honest. As but a consumer, you'd be like, well, they've changed this. What else? Have, have they changed the supplier? Or- yeah. Well, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you what the first issue I had with yeah. Melbourne Lash & Co. was. So with the ProMades and stuff like that, my issue was not being able to meet demand. Wow. That's the thing. Like I was, I was always out of stock. So now we're moving to a bigger production facility with yeah. this, within the same factory yeah you know what i mean so that's like little things that i know for a, I know for a fact that it's not going to change the quality of my product because i'm yeah. happy with the quality i pay more like i'm i don't go for the cheapest manufacturer i'm happy to provide spend more to i'm happy to spend more yeah. you know so that's why i don't have a doubt about that with the glues like i don't have a doubt that anything is going to be already better do you like, think I'm, that you have to convey that in your messaging to your customers uh, i think my messaging is definitely going to be very different this time yeah. because i feel more confident like i said like i kind of i was lucky you know what you're doing now yeah i know what i'm i know what to look for yeah. but that wouldn't have come unless i had made mistakes with going with suppliers yeah, that yeah, yeah. couldn't meet my standards i guess um but now i know who i want to work with now i know where i want to go now i know what's worth um, what's worth spending more money on because I know where I've been lacking in the past, whether it comes to packaging, sustainability, um, whatever it may be. I know what was lacking in Melbourne Lash & Co and I can remedy that. And, you know, like everybody, I, I think that I'm lucky because I have such a vocal community as well that shops with me. They mm. let me know when something's wrong. They let me know. Yeah, and I'm not the first. Yeah, customers like, can talk to you too. I'm, I'm, not the, I'm not the type of person who says that everything is perfect because nothing is perfect. But I'm lucky enough to have customers who will tell me when something's gone wrong because then that gives me an opportunity to improve it. Yeah. Like I have very no clear you, communication you know, you with just my think customers. think everything's fine. Exactly. Like I'm happy to hear if your feedback. If they do it in a respectful way too. Like if you ever have to give criticism or something and you want like to provide feedback do it in a nice way because it, yeah. it'll be taken on board with some grace yeah if you're a bit of a you know asshole about it, i don't think it's you know what i mean like there's yeah. a way to say it it's fine if it's i done. still think that like no one would um raise feedback like if you even if you do it in a bad way you're actually doing me a favor by raising feedback yeah, regardless i'm just sensitive and take it to heart That's yeah see problem. i don't care i'm uh-huh. like i'm like i will i will don't, please don't email me angrily but <laughs> This isn't your green no, light. No, you know how like you but, might get a review on a website that's just really like, oh, this product's crap. Yeah, so, I know. Yeah. And you know what? Like anybody out there who says that they haven't gotten that, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like, do your customers feel comfortable saying it? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I take a lot of feedback on and that's yeah. why I have been able to get to this place in two years time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I have a select customer. Select customers that shop with me that i run these products by yeah you know what i mean yeah. so i don't know i'm just i'm really excited for this new this new line to drop because it's not anything and even like with my we um, will show it when it's done we're going to show it on the i know maybe actually we're going to maybe so we'll be released. doing some giveaways i know we should yeah i think That'd we'll start cool. doing look right i don't know if we shouldn't like 
we're trying to get Taylor Swift tickets at the moment. So <laughs> our computers are all it's on the floor. It's a bit of a crisis right now. Um, not sure when this is airing, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah, so I think maybe like conference tickets, maybe when you, yeah. if you want your new product. You could do like a little goodie bag or something. Yeah, so if you products. guys want us to start doing giveaways or if you're a brand that wants to like – Oh, we would Contri- love to yeah, have brands we on can board. Love to get some other brands. That'd involved. be really cool. Yeah, so I think we should start doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Because we want to interact with you guys and interact with a lo- lot of lash brands. Um, I think we just started on this podcast journey, and we're getting comfortable just us two yeah. and finding our groove. But we are like we had Bridget on, so we're going to start having more more guests on, and mm. you know, talking about different things. So I think doing some giveaways would be. Yeah, and idea. I think that the the focus for us is always community. Yeah, it's always community. We want to be able to have a community of people that that feel like they're a part of something else. We want to keep that know? line of communication absolutely open with you guys. always. Yeah, so that's what we plan on doing. Well, <laughs> I I'm excited to see your final products. Yes, and thank you for sharing all that stuff about trademarking. Pleasure pleasure lovely <laughs> but please hire a professional if you have questions yes, hire whatever professional we can only speak from our experience yeah we're just speaking on what we've gone through so don't take our word as bible but you know take yeah. it with a grain of salt so get a lawyer and get an accountant correct and a graphic designer if yes you want professional Absolutely. advice and watch youtube videos on how to do this stuff there's heaps of content on there all right okay see you guys next episode see ya bye